You're listening to Good Morning with Ashley, where we will journey through finding the good in life's transitions. morning everybody happy thursday guys thank you for joining me for another week and another episode of the good morning podcast listen you guys know the drill before we get started go ahead and if you are watching on youtube like and subscribe to our youtube channel if you are listening go ahead and download this episode and share it with somebody. And as always, you can visit ashleypopeonline.com to subscribe and get all notifications regarding the podcast, as well as get to our YouTube link if you cannot find it. Today on the Good Morning Podcast, I have Dr. Crystal Easton here with me. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) It's such an honor to be here with you. Yes, thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Crystal Easton. Uh, is I mean she's the goat out here if you know anything about mental health and therapy and wholeness and you're in the state of Michigan furthermore in the city of Detroit in the metro area she is out here doing it really big trying to help the community have it together mentally emotionally spiritually and we are grateful for you she is the owner and operator of CLE Strategic Solutions LLC she has a PhD in Christian counseling, and she is a licensed clinical social worker. Amongst all other things that she's going to explain to us that she has going on, thank you so much for joining me again today. Thank you again. It's uh, by the grace of God, and I'm honored to be here yes, with you. Yes. Um, I think your show is wonderful. Thank I've been you. following you, and just congratulations, and just keep going. Thank you just so keep going. much. So uh, CLE Strategic Solutions was founded in 2009. Um, CLE uh, represents Crystal Lawson Eason. Okay. Um, and I it's housed, well, it's the parent company that houses authentic life coaching and counseling, okay. which I provide counseling services for mental health, behavioral health, couples, um, and grief and loss. Awesome. Also, I provide coaching. My program is called Her Authentic Soul for the Christian professional woman who have lived her life for everybody else mm. and is now crashing So my goal with that program is to help her heal Mm -hmm. in her emotions, re-identify her womanhood, and walk in her purpose. I love that. Also, CLE Institute is I provide provide, um, professional development um, training to corporations, and it just kind of turns into group therapy, and we end up thanking God for life. Yes. Um, So I've been doing that for about seven years. And then ministry, my ministry is finally I choose me. I love it. Yeah. Can you explain what's finally I choose? Finally me? I choose me. Um, actually came through hard time okay. in my life um, after divorce, and I think I was silent and said finally because, again, as women, we do so much for everybody else, mm-hmm. and through divorce, I discovered some other things about myself. So as to encourage women to provide self care. And to not feel guilty for choosing themselves. And so I do women conferences and discussions and seminars and all of that. Just helping us out. Just helping us I out. Love I, <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. I am so honored again to have you here today. Our episode, if you have not already picked up on it, is about mental health. This episode is called Sit on the Couch. Sit on the Couch. Okay? Listen. 
It's nothing wrong with the couch. I love it personally. I came to love it. It didn't always start that way. And I am going to talk a little bit about my mental health journey. Uh, but this is a conversation on mental health. So if you need to, before we even really get started, send this to somebody, somebody you know that's struggling, that's dealing. We're going to talk about some things here. Um, and I hope somebody get free. You know, I hope that somebody Amen. gets some help. I hope that this answers some questions, that this uh, provides some resources. Listen, go talk to Dr. Eason because she has provided us already with what she can do uh, to assist. But we're going to dive further into the conversation. And I'm going to really kind of just start with, you know, myself. Okay. Um, I was one of those people who um, I didn't really believe in therapy like that. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it was just the the stigma of the black community and, you know, we don't need no therapy. Ain't nothing wrong with you kind of thing until um, something happened to me where I knew that I needed to go to therapy. And so I lost uh, my significant other tragically in a car accident. You know, that alone is like bad, but the details of it all of, you know, I was on the phone. I heard the accident. I heard the first responders. I heard everything for the most part. Um, that brought some extra trauma to the game, mm-hmm. right? So I knew immediately um, that I was going to need some assistance, but because of my already, you know, me already having the hesitations that I did, I was already skeptical about going into this or diving into this mental health journey. Mm-hmm. And I remember my intake appointment like it was yesterday. I sat on the couch and... The doctor asked me my name. She said, okay, what's your name? And I said, Ashley. And then I bust out crying. That's literally how it went. Like, I didn't, she didn't get anything else from me at that moment. I, she couldn't get my age, why I was coming, all the different stuff. We went right into the why I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went on to explain the story and things like that. And when I left there, I felt so drained. I was so drained after that first session because it was like all of the emotions that I had been trying to mask. Um, had now been brought to the surface where I really had to talk about it. And that's not fun and all of that different stuff. And I said, when I left there, I'm not going back. <laughs> I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not going mm-hmm. back to this um, because it's too much emotionally. I don't have time to deal. Um, and so as that week went on, I wrestled with going back. How is this going to help me? You know, I'm just going to pray. Of course. Yeah, that was it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to be okay. And I ain't mad at nobody who's going to pray and read the Bible because that's what we need to do. But there are some extra resources that can assist us with being able to move forward. And so um, I continued on with my journey in therapy against what I thought, you know, was best. Um, and, and I have to say that it was one of the best decisions I've ever made to this day um, in regards to my own mental health. I believe that God was going to heal me 100%. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that he put my therapist directly in my forefront so that I could have that extra assistance. Um, somebody who could help me advocate for my emotions and for mm-hmm. what I was feeling and to be able to explain to me, I knew nothing about stages of grief. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about that. stuff. I didn't know that stuff existed. I just thought you grieve. And that's just, it's just one, it's one umbrella. Just right. And it's, and that wasn't the case. And so, um, I'm glad that we're having this conversation. I want to start it with, you know, what are some of the stigmas that come with people, you know, people wanting to go to therapy, but they are hesitant. Like, what do you encounter when people first start coming to you? Well, first uh, I encounter people are looking for a quick fix. Mm. And oftentimes I discovered over time that I have to orientate them on what this process is. Okay. 
because I've heard over the years, not just with me, other people have seen other people, oh, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't work if you don't work it. Mm-hmm. Now, it could, it. it could be this therapist is not the one for me, but it doesn't mean therapy does not work. Absolutely. And so a lot of times, uh, because I began in addiction, I started off in addiction. Okay. And one of the things they would say is um, hitting rock bottom, there's only one way to look up. But, of course, that's through addictive behavior and using drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Well, people like me and you who go to church and who's serving God, and I believe the stigma comes from some of that because in our families we were raised to not talk about yes. our problems. Girls, yes. shut up and sit down, mm-hmm. drink some water. You'll be up. My mother used water for everything. <laughs> my got a headache. Drink some water. <laughs> my my feelings hurt. Drink some water. Some water. And so, I didn't grow up in church, though. Mm-hmm. However, but those who have, we're gonna go pray. Which I'm not minimizing prayer. Absolutely. There is power in prayer. But what I also believe is trauma uh, builds a stronghold emotionally and mentally, and you're functioning with an empty cup. And so mm. what I share is if you've been suffering 10 years, five sessions is not enough. It's not going to do it. So make therapy a part of your life as you would anything else to get ahead. Absolutely. 100%. So for somebody who wants to know, like, what are some, like, pros and cons? Well, the pros is, if you have the right therapist, is that you will learn who you really are. That's a fact. <laughs> That's one pro. That's and a I'm fact. speaking from my own experience, not just professional experience, because I'm a belief in I'm not going to ask clients to do something I haven't already done. Mm-hmm. And that was my oath to God. Like, let me continue to heal so that I can help. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm not telling clients anything based on theory. I'm sharing based on real life. Absolutely. And so what I discover, real life helps. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you discover who you really are and you're not who you thought you were because you never think that this situation or that situation will take you to a place you've never been yeah. and haven't experienced it. I think this was 1998 for me as to why I went into mental health is I lost a child at six months pregnant okay. and she died. Her name was Maya Ashley. and. I could not, that experience, I could not sleep. I could not eat. I cried constantly. Um, And I went to get help. And I sat in a circle with women who were struggling, like depressed. And um, God was like, man, this was a close call. You know, when they talk about the thin line between sanity and insanity. And it was a thin line because I didn't feel like myself. And so that is what led me into graduate studies of mental health. Because for myself and my family, now when I look back, we all (laughs) had some issues. And so um, people have an opportunity to take an honest look at themselves and not be judged. Yeah, I think that that was probably one of the hardest things for me was um, therapy. All this time I thought I was this person <laughs> and therapy said no you're not <laughs> and i it was that journey of like rediscovering who you are it's something it is it? it's like it's painful rewarding it's crazy you want to stop you want to quit you know 
And I remember an exercise that my therapist had me do, and she um, set a chair in front of me and said, talk to your old self. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I was like, <laughs> I'm not coming back here. I think I almost quit therapy like five times. But I said, I'm not coming back here because this this is too much. But that conversation with my old self, so having to be able to forgive myself for some of the choices that I made, um, things that I experienced, my daddy issues because my father passed when I was younger. And so the mistakes and the the terrible things I decided to do out of my own grief and hurt, you know, those conversations, that unfolding of who you are as a person. It's, it's something. It's like, it is insane. You just don't, you don't know. And I think another issue is for our culture, you want to walk away feeling good. Mm-hmm. And because we are on such emotional highs all the time, even yeah. at church. Yeah. So you want to come to therapy and you want the therapist to agree with your madness. And it's not going to happen if if you come in and get some help. And so you walk away oftentimes not feeling good, mm-hmm. feeling worse, actually, than when you came. But that's just a part of the evolving. And it's a part of the therapeutic process. Yes. And so that's what stops people from coming. And I compare it to the heroin addict who decides I want to get clean. But the pain the, is the flu times 20. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to be high because I can't go through that pain. And that's the way I describe that journey because it's painful when you meet who you really are. It is. It is. And and what's furthermore even painful is reintroducing yourself to people and they want you to still be that old person. Absolutely. And you're not that person no more. It's like, I know I was asked on 48205. That ain't me no more. You know, like, you know, whatever, whatever that may be. But that that reintroduction, having to reintroduce yourself to people and um, losing some of those relationships. There are some people who only like the broken version of who you are. Absolutely. They don't like the healed version because the healed version got standards and boundaries and know how to say no and, you know, all that different stuff. So it's sometimes it's not beneficial for you to know who you are. Uh, anymore. <laughs> right. And the heel person <laughs> is going to hold the people around them accountable. Absolutely. And I don't want you to hold me accountable. Because so I don't I'm, know myself. Because I don't know myself. See? And you're bringing out things that I have to look at yeah. and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend say to me, the reason why I'm coming to your stuff because I ain't ready to deal with me. And that's honest. It's honest. But it's And like... I tell people don't come. Don't come because, oh, you cool with me. Right. Come because it's something that you think you need. Absolutely. And oftentimes, if I'm making good money, I'm driving the car I want, I live where I want, I travel where I want, then what is it that I need to deal with? Mm-hmm. And so we're superficial to some degree. Yeah. So let me ask you this. <laughs> right. I know time be going. Uh, so to somebody who is... What are signs of, you know, you are in a place of mentally deteriorating? Well, mental illness first, I think if I can just cover that, there's mild, moderate, chronic. Okay. And if you're not functioning emotionally, mentally, or if you are isolating and you find that your decision making is impulsive and the outcomes are poor, um, or you don't, you can't work, you know, maybe something happened, a crisis, and you're not functioning at the level you used to. That is a sign. Either you're overeating or undereating, mm-hmm. feelings of loneliness, crying for you think no reason, mm-hmm. and you can't control it. Mm-hmm. That's a reason. Um, and then there's a reason that maybe I need to make some decisions. Maybe I'm not chronic. Maybe I'm just mild. I've had an episode of sadness and okay. depression because people get it mixed up. 
you can have an episode and need to go see someone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be schizophrenia. You know, I think we have this image of mental illness being somebody in the middle of the freeway. No, yeah. that's me and you drinking our coffee at work mm-hmm. who's hiding behind the pain. Yeah. And so we don't know how to come out of that. But I think just some symptoms of dysfunction mm-hmm. is a reason to go get a therapist. Absolutely. 100%. And I, I like what you said, like mental health. It's like it doesn't have a face. You right. know, you can't look at somebody and think, you know, oh, they they are struggling mentally. You right. you don't know. You right. know, I could be sitting here and I have one last thing, one more thing that sets me off. And then I decide I'm out of here. I'm done. You know. And so I think that it's important to uh, really, and this is the next thing I want to go into, like being able to recognize when people around you, people that you care about are struggling mentally and how to um, intervene without being intrusive. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be intrusive okay? because we're not used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to make mental health a part of the conversation anyway mm-hmm. and not wait for a crisis or when a person falls apart. And I think that's the issue. We have to make safe spaces to say, you know what, I wasn't at my best. Um Last week, mm-hmm. you know, this happened. And I think because we're so private as a as a community and we even though we're in church, it's not a safe space for me to reveal yeah. what I'm struggling with. So I think the first thing is to identify someone that you feel comfortable with to mm-hmm. talk to. Absolutely, um, That's number one. Um, but we also have to have the courage to say, hey, sis, and I'll give you an example. A friend of mine, well, I met her. She was my professor. And after my divorce, and it was like three years after my divorce, and I'm like, I know I ain't tripping three years. Do I still want them? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And she said, sis, <laughs> she said, sis, let me talk to you. Mm-hmm. And then she said, let me walk with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that was safe. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, we became even closer. We're friends. Mm-hmm. But I'll call her in a heartbeat, like, my mind ain't acting right today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be able to just to have those conversations. And I think you sharing your experience, we have to be feel confident enough to do that and not care what people think. Absolutely. 100%. And, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm crazy. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> because you have to have that. Like you said, those safe spaces are so important, you know, to be able to know that you have people that you can go to, that you can talk to, even knowing uh, that you have friends that can notice when you're not yourself, you mm-hmm. know, because there are times we will mask it. And I was one of those people, even while I was going through my therapy journey, I would have moments of isolation. Mm-hmm. And my friends would be like, okay, it's been three days. I ain't heard from you. What's going on? You Absolutely. good? Okay, we need to go outside today. We're doing something. We're going to brunch or mm-hmm. we're going for a walk or whatever that may be because they knew that while I was actively being an active participant and trying to heal, that that doesn't mean that that stops me from still hurting at the same Ab- time. Yeah. We we can hurt and have fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we choose. So if I'm hurt, that means I don't deserve to do all of these other things. Exactly. No, yes, you do. Exactly. And we have to learn how to do that. And just we we uh, have to normalize pain. And when I went through my therapeutic walk, she asked, um, well, what lies have you told to yourself about pain? I know that hit me like in the gut. My goodness. And I, I paused like I couldn't breathe for a minute. Mm-hmm. But in my honesty, I said, I don't get to have pain. Who cares about my pain? Mm-hmm. And so who am I calling? And she said, well, sis, that's not true. Mm -hmm. You do have someone. And so I think because of 
depending on how you were raised, your birth order, what your experience was, mm-hmm. I don't get to have pain mm-hmm. because I'm there for everybody else. And so my thing was, I I took myself through the ringer spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, my thing was, oh, we we don't mourn as those with no hope. So I can't be of sitting course. around here crying and, you know. Because you ain't got my... no faith exactly. if you do that. And so <laughs> that thing was whooping my butt, okay? And I said, okay, this is it's not enough, you know, to just... As much as I believe God to be who he is, Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, and that's just not physically, but that's emotionally and mentally as well, there is a reason. The Bible even talks about there being safety in a multitude of counselors. So I believe that we have these resources on purpose. And then when you talk about Jesus, he would he wasn't that deep, like people say. Mm-hmm. Jesus wept. Did. Father, have you, why have you, Forsaken me. me. Mm-hmm. He had moments. Mm-hmm. And we create him to be what he was not. If we follow his life, especially when he walked him on the earth, mm-hmm. he was a he was like you and I. Absolutely. He had but emotions. He, he felt he was a man. <laughs> yeah. So we have created these these um embedded theologies that don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 sad. <laughs> yeah, because you're walking around for years, you know, with pain in your body. And, yeah. and it's because you haven't released or discussed. There's healing and talking. Oh, yes. There's healing and talking. Conversations heal. Conversations heal. Mm-hmm. It says confess. Mm-hmm. Don't seek ungodly counsel. Don't talk to anybody. But we got to do it. Absolutely. If we want to get to the next level. Absolutely. So um, up until like a couple weeks ago. I had never known anybody personally that committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call one morning. I was getting ready to go to work. And it was just like, a, hey, I don't know if you heard, but such and such committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And my world just, mm-hmm. I was like, what? Like, it was like crazy. Just posted on social media the day before. Always encouraging. Always a like beautiful that. person. Yeah. And I just said, what is happening? What? I just, I literally could not understand what had just occurred. Mm-hmm. I was so um, disconnected from that part, you know, of of suicide. Like I said, I've never known anybody personally who has done it. I've heard stories. I've seen people walk through that journey with other people and friends. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just was like, what is, you know, is it that bad? You know, like I just, I had so many questions and what can we do and how it, you never, you don't know by looking at somebody, whether or not they're on the edge or anything like that. Like, can you just talk about mm-hmm. suicide, the prevention, like what, what we can do, you know, if there's anything we can do, you know, to help people in mm-hmm. that manner. What I think everybody should get trained on okay. suicide prevention, first of all, um, because it doesn't have a face or a personality or a specific thing, because there are people who are happy, who appear happy. But suicidal. Mm-hmm. And so we have to also make that a part of a normal conversation and asking, well, you know, like with my daughter, when she went away to school, I would be like, look, if you ever think about taking your life, we need to talk about that because she not exempt because both her parents are therapists. She might be attacked mm-hmm. even more. Mm-hmm. And so when you the basic symptoms of it is people who are begin to act bizarre or give away things or even mention 
or saying they're not going to be around. Sometimes people say those things and we don't look at it as Mm. a possible suicide attempt. But there are people who suffer with suicidal ideations, which is thinking about it all Mm. the time, but they don't look like that's what they're thinking about. And so I think learning about suicide, the language, the knowledge, what to look for, and how do we make that also a part of conversation, because of course, in I when I was raised, girl, you better not say Listen. you want to die, because mm-hmm. then I'm gonna whoop you and and yeah. you know give you something to die for. Yeah, right. You know, right, so right, we yeah. have to begin to really look at this thing because it's increasing in number, and and so we like this talking about it. So we can't assume that this person because they're this title or like we've seen in recent years, leaders committing suicide because of the unrealistic expectations in their mind. And then the pain that they're suffering with says, I'd rather be dead Mm -hmm. than go through this. And the thing that happens, they could even be talking about their pain, but because we are so self-centered, that ain't nothing to be talking about dying over. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And we don't know what that feels like. We for don't the know other what person. that feels like for the other person. Mm-hmm. So I think really reading, they have a lot of free suicide prevention trainings. You don't have to be in the field to take a training on suicide prevention to learn how to assess, to learn, hey, what to do if someone says it or if someone makes an attempt, what should I do? Mm-hmm. And so I think just having constant conversations and making people know that they're not a burden because they feel like they yeah, are a burden. Absolutely. I used to do suicide prevention for a family whose son, who was a comedian, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. They didn't see it coming. You won't see it coming. Don't assume, though, because mm-hmm. if in the past, like, what was it, Miss USA? Um, yeah. No one would have thought that. But when they interviewed the parents, the mom said, oh, well, yes, yeah, she suffered with depression. She talked about death. She talked about suicide often, you know. So usually it's not a one-time thing like, oh, I'm going to kill myself and do it. Mm-hmm. It's something they pondered because they planned it. Mm-hmm. So it's something they pondered. And usually the way that they do it kind of heightens the pain that they've experienced. You rarely hear Oh, you do hear somebody overdose, but lately you've heard gunshot to the head, Mm -hmm. this and that. That's a representation of the war that has been going on in the inside. Absolutely. So it's hard to just see. You just have to continue to learn and become more aware and not assume. I know I had a situation um, just last week, phone calls about kids are not as resilient as we were. You know, we had these stories of having one pair of shoes mm-hmm. and walk 25 miles right, to school. Right, right, Not these kids. No, they set up a little different. No, they can't handle Mm-mm. any extra. Yeah. And so I was at church once and my first lady say, hey, kids, you know, anybody thought about suicide, come to the front. Well, it was droves. Wow. And including my daughter. Wow. So I got up with her. Like, I ain't going to be embarrassed. Come on, let's deal with this. Mm -hmm. And what she said was, I just felt overwhelmed. I don't think I really wanted to die, but that's her. Mm -hmm. There are some who feels overwhelmed, and they they do. So there are times a kid's first year in college, watch them. If someone experiences a loss, you know, a divorce is a grief. Mm -hmm. If a woman have been living her whole life a certain way and her life changes. So sometimes you pay more attention when life changes happen. Yeah. You know, um, if a person is not socially accepted and you see that they're isolated a lot of times, they're not having fun, but they're there, 
you you kind of pay attention because it's real important for peers to be socially accepted. Bullying, you know, far as children. And then with adults, just feeling like somewhere along the line, I don't add up. After all of this, I still feel that same pain. Yeah. And so it's really hard to detect because I hear parents, a friend of mine recently lost his daughter. And he said, I just didn't see it coming because for him, they've traveled the world. They've done some really great things. You know, they just had experiences. Your average young person has not. Mm-hmm. And that still didn't stop I it. didn't do it. I, I went through a portion of my life, very much so like your daughter. It just, when you're overwhelmed, it, you don't want to die. You just don't know how to deal with what, you right. know, what is. And my whole thing was I wanted to live, but I just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And that phase lasted for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like I started putting in some different practices and routines for myself mm-hmm. um, to try and, and uh, like pull myself out of this rut to mm-hmm. live and to enjoy life. I felt undeserving. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, those moments happen after losses. I was just like, Lord, well, how am I any different? Why you didn't take me? You know, all this, you know, all those different things that run through your mind after mm-hmm. a while. I lost a friend. She was, um, she didn't commit suicide. She was sick, mm-hmm. but me and her were a year apart mm-hmm. and she just went in her sleep. Mm-hmm. And that thing messed with me bad. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I was just like, we're the same age. Mm-hmm. Like, how is this happening? Like, I panicked. I went into a hole, like, in my neck. Like, you know, and it's just, it's... I do know. It's normal. That's what people don't understand is that it's normal to have those emotions, those feelings, those thoughts, et cetera, but don't hold them in. Talk to right, somebody right. about the way that you feel. So, I, you know, I have my mom. She's wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can talk to her about anything. I had a therapist at the time. I'm looking for a new one. Lord, help me, please find a new one. <laughs> <laughs> it's important because I think we take our mental capacities for granted. Mm-hmm. We don't think like, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. So you do what you got to do. But we think that we're thinking at a level, at a high capacity. And a lot of times we're not. We're one crisis away from the mental institution, depending on what it is. So we take our thoughts for granted, like we're thinking normally. And sometimes your thoughts is the worst thing for you. Mm. And so how do you know when you're thinking healthy? Well, a lot of things, your thought pattern can be distorted based upon what you've gone through based upon what you've experienced. And then anxiety comes from something that even hasn't even happened. Maybe something did happen, and now you've created it in your future, mm-hmm. and it, it, you're not even there yet. So our mind creates a lot of this. Wow. Yeah. It, it, so take care of your mind just as you do your body, just mm-hmm. as you do your spirituality. Just like you go to the dentist. Take care of that mind. Put something in mm-hmm. it every day. Mm-hmm. That's positive. That's yeah. going to restore you. That's going to affirm you. That's going to let you know who you are and that you can make it. You can do it. Yes. Because if not, when that thing happens, then then it's like, well, how did I get there? Mm-hmm. You, you, you've you taken it for granted. Yeah, you didn't feed it's, your mind. You didn't feed your mind. Wow. You don't prepare yourself, even spiritually, a double-minded man. Pull all thoughts into subjection. All of that is there spiritually as well. But we have to take the time to examine. That's why every now and then I'll post, did you do a mental detox? Mm -hmm. You know, what's on your mind today? Mm -hmm. What have you consumed? Just like if we keep eating sugar, we're going to be diabetic. Right, right. We're going to die early. Well, if you don't feed your mind, you might be functioning at a level you think you are 
until something happens. But the good news is crisis is opportunity for change. Yes, I love. Can you say that again? Crisis is opportunity for change. Yes, I love that. I love that. Crisis is opportunity for change. And it's never too late to change. It's It's never too late to make some decisions regarding your mental health, uh, your emotions, you know, things like that. I just want to, you know, really talk to my audience. Do not be afraid to get that extra help that you need. Don't worry about what people are going to say. Don't worry about the stigmas. Let all of that stuff go because you need your mind to be healthy. You need (laughs) it. You need your mind to be healthy. You are no good to others if you aren't any good to yourself first. And I think that we owe it to ourselves. We do. To be healthy mentally. Right. I mean, you can't get to your best potential or destiny without it. Absolutely. You know, we assume that we've arrived in places, but there's more mm-hmm. and it's a further place to go. I, I'm reminded of James. He used, to, he used to scare me when I was a kid, when he would say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> you know, and, and so, but it is. It is. It is. And so you have to know your capacity and there's always more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Eason, thank you so much. Thank you. For having this conversation Absolutely. with me. I, we, I'm going to have to bring you back because there's course. so much more that we could dissect as far as mental health. But I just wanted to make sure we scratch the surface to get okay. people started with um, being able to uh, realize that it's okay to to need some help. It's okay to have conversations. I remember we sat on a panel together yeah. um, last year. Yeah, and and yeah, one of the year. that was last December, yeah. it was right before Christmas. Okay, and and you said something that I swear by right now. You said secrets make you sick. Yeah, they do. And so those <laughs> secrets that y'all got, all that stuff that you think don't matter, that's deeply embedded in you. Those things need to be talked about. They are making you sick mentally, emotionally, even physically, mm-hmm. making you ill because you need to have some very necessary conversation so i hope that this episode has pushed you to start making some decisions emotionally mentally that's going to help you become a better person please reach out to you see all the resources that we have provided with dr eason Mm -hmm. um there are so many like she said things and pamphlets and and information that you can get on suicide prevention to help those in your community help those around you i know that i'm going to be looking into those things because Mm -hmm. i don't want to hear about any more stories personally i don't want anybody close to me i don't want i just don't want that Mm -hmm. so i feel like we all need to do our part with first making sure that we're okay before we Mm -hmm. make sure that anybody else is okay make sure that you're good and then to reach out to those around you in your community, you know, your community being your family, your friends, those that you work with, making sure that they're good. A simple how are you doing can change somebody's life, okay? So be kind. Everybody's going through something. Yes. Okay? That's true. Everybody is going through something, so remember to be kind. Again, mental health and therapy, this is a transition in your life. So I hope that you continue to walk with us as we find the good in life's transitions. Oh, 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 oh,